glad you're here this morning. Merry Christmas to you. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, if I could have that first slide, I got this word. Does anybody remember the boy band NSYNC? Come on, some of us, they, late 90s, they came on the scene, and on the right there is Justin Timberlake, who looks just a little like Nick McClure when he was younger. A a a anyway, um, so... In sync, those guys, you know, end of the 90s, they came on the scene. In 2000, they released an, app, uh, an album, No Strings Attached, sold a million copies in one day. And so because of the season, the boy band, they, they, they rose quickly. But I don't want to talk about boy bands or anything this morning. I want to talk about the name of the group, In Sync. Because a couple weeks ago, we were in worship and we're praying, and I felt like the Lord said, get in sync with me in this coming season. And so maybe it's for me, I don't know, maybe it's for you too, but I, I studied out this week. I just want to talk to you a little bit about the whole idea of being in sync. Is that okay? Okay, next one. You might have to get me started back there. There we go. The, the word in sync, just the, the, the phrase, if you think about it, it means to be in, in harmony with. So when we think about harmony, that means there's different parts and you're doing your part. Being in harmony means something else, that you have to be listening to the other parts to know your part, right? So if you have a quartet singing and somebody singing bass, he's got to be listening to the altos. He's got to be listening to the other pieces to know his part. So being in sync with God means one thing, we, we got to be listening. Amen? Tell your neighbor, we got to be listening. And, and, and then, and then we, we got to be listening, but then we got to be able to match up our part with what the other people are doing to stay in sync. It means moving together at the same rhythm. How, how many have <laughs> that, that kind of rhythm in here? I've seen some of you. Praise God. I've seen you when... Like when the choir gets going, that last gospel song they sang last week, I was sitting back there and, help them, Jesus, help them, Jesus. So being in sync also means to orchestrate, that, that, that somebody is in charge, that somebody is leading, and others are following. So each person is doing their part, or each person is adding value. That means to be in sync. Another thing we just use, maybe it's a slang term, when, but somebody might say, man, I'm in sync, all is well. Another term would be, I, I'm at peace. I'm in sync. I have peace. Amen? So here's, um, what do we got back there? I'm, I'm getting stuck this morning. There we go. I was just going to say last week, if you had the choir, they were in sync, were they not, last week? The choir, one more time, let's thank them for just all the effort and, uh, and Jared and Mel's back there. Thank you so much. And Pastor Jeff for... All the work you guys put into that, that, that was awesome. Well, after the Saturday night performance, I guess I'm going to need help this morning because I'm not clicking. I went over to New Life to the Youth Symphony because our, our next door neighbor boys, one of them plays cello, one of them plays violin, and they were part of the Youth Symphony. And these young guys were, were just learning and growing and, and sitting, you can't see it real clearly here, but behind the different sections... They had the, the, the masters of the violin sitting behind the other young violinists and leading, and you can watch their bows and see if they're in sync or out of sync. Our little neighbor, he nailed it, but the girl in front of him was like opposite. And anyway, they're growing, they're learning, they're learning to be in sync. Yeah, they're kids, they're kids, and it was amazing. I did fall asleep till the end, but that, that was because of jet lag. I was jet lag. I was coming off of... 
just goofed up hours the last couple of weeks. And anyway, it was amazing. Next slide, if we could. This is about being out of sync. How, how, how well do you think that boat would row? Probably not too well. There, there's three doing their part and somebody going the opposite direction. You ever feel that way on, at work? Three of you going this way, one going that way? That doesn't work. How about the next one? Now, this is, uh, this is, have you ever watched choreographed ice dancing? Timing's everything. So this is, be careful. There's some gravity right there. And so next one, if you could, this is what Wyatt sent me. This is really being out of sync. The unicorns are standing on the, the shore and they said, oh my gosh, I could swear he said next Thursday. <laughs> th th that's being way out of sync, way out of sync. And God wants us in sync with him. Amen? Next slide if we could. So in sync, I just want to touch on briefly this morning, in sync with the Lord, what that could mean to you and me. In sync with his seasons. How many know there's seasons in him? Sometimes uh, challenging seasons, sometimes growth seasons, sometimes seasons of just tremendous blessing where you just feel this favor you're going, wow, God, just, it's coming from the left and the right. Just you're, you're moving, you're promoting, you're doing some amazing things. And then sometimes the seasons are grieving because of stuff that's happening. So we, when we're in sync with his seasons, we know that, how to press through those things. It's helpful. And then in sync with your tribe because God sets you in families. He sets you in groups. He sets me in, in, in different seasons right now with, with different relationships. And when I learned how to flow in, my, in sync and my part in that, things can go better. How many know what it is to be in sync with something or someone? How many been in a sports team where you feel like you're in sync and everybody's flowing, everybody knows their part and position and, and what happens like that? Well, that's, I believe, God's desire for us in this upcoming season. Do you? So... Let's talk first about being in sync with the Lord, and we can go to part of the Christmas story for this, and it's the story of Mary, and most of all of you in here know it, out of Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel pairs to Mary and starts telling you that the Lord's chosen you, you're a chosen one, and through you, he's going to bear his son, and... Uh, He's going to be Emmanuel, God with us, and she's having this encounter with the Lord, and she said, how, how shall this be? And the angel says, well, with man, it might be impossible, but with God, nothing's going to be impossible with him. And then in her humility, we just see this little phrase that Mary says. She goes on and said, behold, the servant of the Lord, read the underline with me, may it be done to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. When I think about being in sync with God, we read through his word and there's things he said about our new life in him. There's promises he's made concerning you and me now that we're in Christ, we're new creations, old things have passed away. When we're in sync, we have to believe that. We have to believe what God said about us, what his word says about us. We, we, we got to be in agreement to what he says about our future to what he says about our past, the promises that he has to prosper us, to heal us, to protect us, to be with us. When we're in sync with him, we're in agreement with him. We're in agreement with what he says about our lives. Do you believe that, church? This morning, I was listening to Christian television, and T.D. Jakes was in one room, and John Kilpatrick was in the other room, so I kept going back and forth hearing these two amazing preachers. John Kilpatrick was the pastor down in, uh, in Pensacola during the revival, the Brownsville revival, and he was telling a story about when he built his church and added on to his church, how he loved a brass section. 
He wanted an orchestra, so he built an orchestra pit. And, and for a long time, he had the orchestra pit, no orchestra. And he said it became a sore point to him, especially when people would visit and go, what's that hole? Well, that's the orchestra pit. Well, where's the orchestra? They're not here yet. <laughs> and so he said one Saturday, he's in there complaining to the Lord about his orchestra pit that had no orchestra. And he said, I was just pouring out my heart and I was complaining. And the Lord said, quit cursing that. Quit cursing that. Start speaking what you built that for. Start declaring why that pit's there and what you want to see come from that place. So, so Mary had to come in alignment. She had to finally say, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how you're going to do this. But let it be unto me according to your word. Living in sync with him. Living in sync with him means when he starts speaking to us, when he starts showing us things, instead of that argument that goes on up here and nobody ever experienced that, <laughs> where the argument, the challenging, well, how, but no, can't do that, no, no, and we, we start putting up resistance instead of getting stuck there because that's sometimes part of the decision process. We're weighing it out. We're evaluating it. We're counting the cost. That's, that's part of the evaluation process. That's not always doubt. That's part of convincing, coming into a position of faith when we've looked at it and we finally made the decision. Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Other translations say this, let your word be fulfilled in my life. And for you and me to live in sync with God, we're, we're reading things in scripture that sometimes seem contrary to where our circumstances are right now. What God has declared over us, what he said for us concerning your future, concerning your health and your healing. And you're, you're, you're in that place where, uh, God, it doesn't look anything like you said, but still be it done unto me according to your word. I'm going to trust your word. It's going to be fulfilled, what you spoke and what you said. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to cling to that. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to live in sync with what you said and not really what I'm experiencing or feeling right now. Trusting, trusting, say that with me, trusting that things are going to shift and things are going to change and things are going to come into alignment. Next slide, please. So sometimes, you know, our, our life looks like that. I just put the red line in for God's will, and there's a trajectory in his will. There's an upward call in his will. There's higher places in his will. And I don't know if you can see the blue line clearly, but sometimes those are the choices we're making. They're, they're intersecting back and forth over his plan and his will. There, 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 there's times we're in sync and times we're out of sync. Anybody experience that? That, that, that just, you know, you're, there's a flow and I don't know, frustration comes or sin comes or other voices come and, and you just get out of sync with, with his plan for us, with what he's speaking to us, his purpose in us, his discipline in our lives, his growing us up, his maturing us. We, we, we get out of sync with that. He wants us in sync as we head into a new year. Do you believe that? And Ephesians 5.17 in different translations, it says different things, but it says, don't be thoughtless, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, to be in sync in, in a team or even as a mechanic, and growing up, we've been to races before and street races and powerboat races out at Lake Ming. And man, those mechanics, they're tuning the engines. They're working together. They're getting it just right. So when the guy or the gal hits the accelerator, that thing just explodes in power. There's just a power surge because everything's in sync. 
And when we're working together with God and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to help align us, help strengthen us, help you know, work these things out so we're not just tossed to and fro and we're getting positioned to be used by him and the, and the gifts that he wants to give to us, that's an awesome thing to be in sync. Amen? Amen. Next slide, if we could. So this other thing about being in sync, some of it is like being in sync with what he said, being in sync with his word, but, but it's also being in sync in, like, in his seasons, like I mentioned before. And this is Galatians 4. It says, but when the right time, say the right time, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. But in the yellow, I, I, I highlight it because it says at the right time. So when you go through scripture, and I do, there's, there's passages that says in due season, in, in when the time was right. It uses passages like that. In, in the fulfillment of time, like God has a timetable. He has a time schedule. Do you believe that? When he's raising you and me, and when we're raising our own children, now our grandchildren, there are seasons where they're in this area and they need to learn this. And we're trying to teach them this. I remember going to Jeff's high school a couple times to meet with the principal, well, actually twice. And uh, one time it was because Jeff kept challenging some of the rules. Not you, Jeff, my son, Jeff. I didn't have to go to his high school. I'm not that much older, although I could have, I don't know, maybe it would have been. When I was youth pastor, I probably, yeah. Anyway, so I go to the high school. And my son, Jeff, was always kind of challenging things. And I remember having this conversation. Jeff, someday you're going to get paid a lot of money to think outside the box. Now is not the time. Now is the time. Follow directions. Follow instructions. I was just with him, you know, with these brainiacs overseas. And he's thinking way out of the box. And he reminded me what I said back then. But there's a season where this is what God wants you to learn. There's a season that, that God wants you to, to do things in your, in your life and in your spiritual nature to grow you up. I still remember when Jan and I got engaged and uh, my father had died and I was in between some classes at San Diego State and I really felt that I was supposed to get away for a few months and just seek God. So I told Jan, we were engaged. I'm going up to the Bay Area. I'm going to work. I'm going to try and save some money, but I really believe this is a season in my life where I really need to seek God for what's ahead. And so I did that, and because of that, God opened some amazing doors. I was studying geology. He got me a job with Ohio Petroleum, and they paid for the rest of my degree and promoted me and all that. Just He, he, he honored that season where I said, I'm going to get away. God, I'm just going to seek you in this season. Before I move forward as a husband, before I move forward into this whole other realm of my life, I'm going to put you first and, and seek you in this season. So sometimes there are seasons, Amen. I was with a friend, Bobby, yesterday morning, and Bobby told me about how he met his wife. I've known him for a while, but we haven't connected, and we're having breakfast. And he tells me about, he, he's close to my age, and he told me when he was 20 years old, he uh, got saved, just excited about the Lord, and he wanted fellowship, so the church he was going to in Santa Maria, they were having a family day or a kid's day at Chuck E. Cheese. So a 20-year-old guy shows up at Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, he sits down at a table, and here's this young gal in front of him with a little girl, and they start talking, and he said it was friendly, and initially I didn't have any feelings towards her, just like it was a sister. 
And several times he saw her at church, he told me it was the sister hugs, and it was like that kind of relationship, and it just went on for a while. Well, the Lord gave him a word. He was praying, and God said this to him, I want you to go love her like I love her, and tell her that. And so he didn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> he, he, he told me, I, we're sister hugging, and now... The Lord, I knew it was him that put in my heart to go tell her, I'm supposed to love you like he loves you. And he puts it off and he puts it off. And finally, one night he shows up at her house, knocks on the door. She says, what are you doing here? And he didn't want to tell her at first, but he knew it was the time to be there. And so she, he comes in, they talk, they eat. Mom's there, the little girl's there, they're talking. And she says, now, why did you come on? And he just said he downplayed it. And when he was leaving, the Lord says, tell her. So he's walking down the steps, and he said, do you, do you really not want to know why I'm here? Well, the Lord told me to tell you this. I'm supposed to love you like he loves you. And she breaks down crying. And he said, no more sister hugs. She bear hugs him. <laughs> and this is what happened. That day, she's giving her daughter a bath. And she starts talking to the Lord. And she said, Lord, I know you said you'd be my husband. But I need somebody to love me like you love me. I need someone to, to be with me like you're with me. The exact same words that he delivered. It sounds like a Hallmark movie, doesn't it? We've been watching a lot of those. Yeah, but, but, but in reality, he said everything shifted. Everything shifted right there. It was a bear hug. It was a connection. They were engaged two months later. Because of timing. Say timing. Because of timing. Because of seasons. Because of waiting. If he would have done that two weeks before... She spoke to him, slam, freak, there's a creep at the door. I knew he was stalking me. I knew he was stalking me. If it would have been two weeks before, but the timing of the Lord, right? The timing of the Lord. So some of us are in seasons. Some of us, there's different things he wants to do right now. And recognizing and understanding those seasons is crucial. Amen? Let's see the next slide. So this is Ephesians 6. Sit, read this with me. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap. Some translations say, in due season we will reap, keep reading, if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially being a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers." So you're waiting for your season? There it is. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just keep at it. Keep doing good. Keep helping. Your season is coming. Amen. Tell your neighbor your season is coming. You, it's not time to give up. It's time to stay at it. It's time to be sowing because you are going to reap. It's impossible to sow and not reap. And unfortunately, that's good and bad. Amen. So next slide, please. And we're going to just wrap this up. We're, I'm almost done. This is, this is the last part. Being in sync with our tribe. Being in sync with our tribe. In other words, there's, there's people God knits you together with. There's, there's people on your job, but there's also people with the same spiritual vision and direction that start moving and going in the same direction you're going. In, in my season, I, I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning and I'm, I'm searching this out. God, who, who are the people you're connecting me with? And there's apostolic people. There's these ministry Minded people, I feel these divine connections coming together for what he wants to do in this season. 
Well, here Ephesians 2 amplified, says we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. And, and that work, that, that scripture there, his workmanship, it comes from the Greek word poema, where we get poem from. He said, we are his poetry. Poetry has content, but also has timing. So, so when you think about writing poetry, there's, there's content with it. There's thoughts connected, but it, it comes in a rhythm. It comes in a rhythm. And scripture says that we are his work of art, his masterpiece. We're created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. Read the underline with me. Which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them in sync with what he prepared, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Now, we come to Christ, we're born again. We have a new life. We have new vision. God's living in us now. His Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's a creative God. He's always creating. He wants to do new things. He's a God of vision. He said when you're spirit-filled, you'll have visions and dreams. There's things he wants to do in our life and through our life as we connect and commune and stay in sync with him. And said we've been created for these things, and we have a part to play in them. So if he's created these things ahead of time, what does that mean we need to do? Figure out what they are and say and obey. If he's created these things for me, good works, opportunities, before creation, before I even came to know him, when I was still a reprobate running from him, he had plans and purposes for me. And now I said yes, I'm beginning to say yes, and now it's coming in sync with those things for my life that I might enjoy, live the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. Amen? So I just got back from this adventure. Next slide, please. In, oh, th this was in Iceland. I threw this in. So it's the wind chills, probably 20s, but that water's 100 degrees, and there's a bunch of people swimming. This blue lagoon near the airport in Iceland, it's like this milky water that's got an amazing blue reflection in it. My son, Jeff, got to go in. I didn't have enough time, and it was cold outside. So, uh, and it was 50 bucks, and I only had an hour, so I didn't do it. But uh, next slide, please. Anyway... We went, so th this trip was a different kind of mission trip for me. This was kind of uh, on reconnaissance along with Jeff. We've formed this nonprofit that we're hoping to get some traction, and it's uh, called uh, Compassion Endeavor, Inc., and it's about doing projects for the kingdom and some of the people that we've been doing missions with and development work with for years, like Keith Hershey, his Syrian refugee project, Shadrach needs, uh, he's developing his school and his computer lab down in Mexico. The guys and gals down there that are feeding in probably 15 different spots every day, trying to get resources for them. I'm believing God for divine connections to get in sync with a tribe of people that can help fulfill the vision that he's, that he's put in our heart to do. Amen? So that right there is the Nobel Peace Museum. It just was an incredible day. N Norway, the sun's coming up about 10.30, and it's going down around 3.30, so about five hours of daylight. And that was probably about 2.30, 2.45 in the afternoon. Well, next slide. We, we get into the Nobel Peace Prize Award, and that's my son Jeff. Next slide. And that's the group there in the hall. And next slide. And uh, this year, the Peace Prize was given to Nadia Murad and Dennis McQuigge. And Nadia, she was a Yazidi survivor 
of the ISIS, really, holocaust. They, they were trying to exterminate the Yazidis. Her five brothers were, or, I'm sorry, yeah, six total. Her mom, five brothers were killed. Her and her sister were captured and sold as sex slaves by ISIS. And she escaped. And she's out now telling her story because of just how sexual violence has been used as weapons of warfare. And I, I, it's just inhumane. That's not even the right word. That's not even nearly powerful enough what humans are doing to humans in context of some of these things. Dennis McQuiggy, he, he works in Congo, and he is a surgeon. He is repairing some of the atrocities that's happening because of rape and the things in the women in Congo. And they were both presenting their case. And Nadia got up. She said, I appreciate the acknowledgement. I appreciate the financial things that come with this, the voice and the platform that's been given to me. But she said, I'm not here for that. I'm here for justice. I want things to change. So... This group, this is the peace process, but there's a group of guys, next slide, and gals. They're the fifth element group, and they're a network. They're a tribe that my sons were running with right now, and these guys are from some of the most diverse backgrounds. Next slide, please. And uh, they are thinkers. They're problem solvers, and they've come together to look at global issues with the intent of how can we, uh, how can we make a difference now, in the room, they started talking about negativity and, and how bad things are getting, but mostly when it starts going that train, somebody stops and says, we know that when things are going bad, that's an opportunity for us. When, when things are going that direction and downhill, instead of just giving life to it, we're going to seize it as an opportunity to make change, to make a difference. Amen? And so in this room, I, I might have a pointer here. Yeah, this, this guy right here, so it's the blonde guy right there, he's, uh, he's doing what they called it, uh, what was it, sky, sky farming. Because of carbon dioxide increasing different parts of the earth, they have this certain kind of grass they're planting, doesn't take much rain or water, it pulls carbon dioxide out of the air, and it deposits as little pieces of charcoal at the base of the grass, and developing countries can take that and use it like wood pellets in a stove. And so he's in trial projects in Senegal. Brainiac guy, amazing thinker. This guy right here, Joby Weeks, right here. Cryptocurrency guy. He's a funder. He, he just had come with Richard Branson from Virgin Atlantic and all that. He and Richard Branson, two days before, were in a submarine in the bottom of a blue hole in Belize. They did some kind of fundraising project for 30 bucks. You could get in a raffle and you could win a trip to the bottom of the blue hole in Joby's submarine. And so that guy's there next to him, tech guy next to him. This is Dennis Kucinich. He's a, he used to be a U.S. assemblyman uh, in Ohio. He's the political connection next to him, my son Jeff. And then we go around. I walked into the room and I literally felt like the, the IQ dropped about 30 points <laughs> when, when, I, when I walked into the room because these brainiac guys and gals. And there's some women the next day. Next slide. Some... Yeah, some, some of the women in the room, and just they're, they're talking about the Yazidi issue. What can we contribute? We're God's, most of them are believers, several of them are believers, but they're saying, we, we have at least three times in the conversation over a couple of days, if we could get together on these things, and we could figure out each person's part in these things, it's amazing what we could do outside of the government and outside of, you know, uh, institution, what we could do if we could just work together in synergy. So as a believer, I'm saying, God, what, what can I bring to the table?
Lord, as a pastor, as a guy who really, I believe I'm an ambassador of heaven. I don't know about you. So technology, it took me a couple days just to get up to speed with the acronyms. Cryptocurrency, I had to understand what blockchain was. I, I, I started trying to grow in the understanding of how, like this guy that's doing, uh, Joby right there at the end, the big guy in white, we went to Iceland and he, he's got a geothermal plant just generating electricity for cryptocurrency development. The guy's an amazing thinker. So I say, what's my part? And, and see the blonde gal right there? So I'm asking God, what is my supply? You brought me over here. I need help in my projects. I had some significant conversations, but no checks yet. And it's coming in Jesus' name. But um, so we're out flying from, we're flying from Norway to Iceland. And Jeff's on the aisle, my son Jeff. And I'm on the window. And right in the middle, that blonde gal comes, this bubbly blonde, just, just, just a really, really neat gal. But she's doing social media stuff. She's been with Revlon and, and is promoting. She just understands that whole world. So her part in the Yazidi thing is to help bring it into high profile, to get it in places where the story will be told. And she's a storyteller. She's taken pictures there. But she sits down next to me. And as often happens, and if you've got a counseling gift or a pastor gift or whatever, people sense that and you start hearing their whole life. And so I, 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 am, I am there and I'm listening. And to be in harmony, you have to listen to be, to be, do your part, you're listening. And so as she's talking, she starts sharing some challenges in their business. And the Lord starts giving me stuff for her about her life. And then she starts sharing about this autoimmune thing that's going on in her body. And so I tell her, as non-religious as I can be, she knows I'm a pastor, but I said, you know, I've been around people that are, have had that same thing and the Lord's healed them. And I, I go to this place, this healing rooms, and, and it's amazing what God happens. Could we play right, pray right now? And so she says, yeah. So I take her hand, and we begin to pray on the plane. I have my eyes closed, and I don't know what happens, but I hear a bang, and her water bottle goes flying. And she goes, he, he touched me, bam, with her knee, and her water bottle flies. And everybody looks, he touched me. It's real. It's real. He, he, he's here. He touched me. And so, you know, kind of freaky, but people are, people are looking. He touched me. The creepy guy next to the window. No, wasn't, wasn't quite like that. But that was, so the next, next morning, we walk in this same kind of room. We walk in the same kind of room. I come through the door. She's sitting across the table. There's my geologist pastor friend. Oh, that was so powerful when you prayed for me. You that, God, that was so real. He touched me. That was so real. And I think about, well, what, what, what can I bring to the table? And what, what do you bring to the table? And what do, you, what do you bring to the battle? And what do you bring to breakfast? And when we think about we're his workmanship, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, we, we have a part to play in these things. And to be honest with you, walking in that room was super intimidating at first. It took me just a couple hours just to say, get through the question like, well, Lord, what the am I doing here? What? Well, just to get through that question and then to just start to settle in and say, I want to hear. I want to be in harmony. I want, I want to be in tune and sync with what you're doing because I believe in this season you're, you're lining me up with your plan. 
And, and, and we're, we got some exciting things ahead. We, we got some adventures ahead. And, and I need to be listening and not be fearful. I need to be in sync and paying attention and pursuing and not just being haphazard or lazy or just, you know, out of touch with what you're saying in this season. I, I want to be in sync with you. Can anybody agree with that this morning, that you want to be in sync with him in this season? So next slide and and we're, we're done. I just want to ask you, what, what role in God's masterpiece do you play? What, what do you bring to breakfast? And I mean that as an allegory, you know? But if you're good at scrambled eggs, don't, don't make the sweet rolls. Don't. But if you, if you got the recipe for cinnamon buns on Christmas morning, come on, fire those up early. Get that smell going with the coffee early in the morning. Amen? Let me ask you, what do you bring to the band? What, what do you play? It was so awesome to have a cello on the platform this morning. To have Gabe come, was it not? And when we were in that worship time and he started the cello, I, I mean, I appreciate all these guys so much, but we don't get to hear from Gabe as too much lately. But man, when, when he started playing the cello, something just started resonating in me. How about in you? And how, how about what do you bring to the battle? When they're fighting the Yazidi issue, I'm sitting and one morning there's two attorneys, one on each side of me. They're talking about the legal attack, how they can go at it legally. Financial guy over here, he's, he's managing a few million dollars in his family trust. He said, what, what, what could we, what would money do if we brought money into this right now? Because right now the Yazidi people are buying back their women out of slavery and ISIS is marking up the price and selling them back. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It still gets me how people can do that. Anyway, what, what do you bring to the battle? I, I bring intercession in, in that circle. There's not much I can do politically, financially. Dennis Kucinich is there. He's got political connections. There's people there that are in the Nobel circle that right away brought that up another notch into the attention of the international community. What can I do? I can pray. What do I bring to battle? I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. So are you. I, I can intercede. I can pray. I can make a difference in my prayer for the issue that's going on. And then are you committed to adding value? Are you committed to adding value? Tomorrow, some of us, day after tomorrow, Christmas, we're going to be around family tables. There's people that will come that, you know, this past year, they've struggled somewhere. They've struggled with addiction. They'd struggled in divorce. They're struggling in their family life. And they're going to be at the table. What, where can you add value as part of God's masterpiece to help set things right and set things in order? Are you willing to step into that role and to step up and play that part? Amen? Could you stand with me and we're, gonna, we're done? Thank you, Lord. Father, first, I pray for that person this morning that might be out of sync with you. Their relationship with you has been wobbling. They've been this way and that way. And I just believe you're calling all of us just to start living in deeper synchronization with your plan and will. So if that's you and you say, Mike, I'm just out of sync with God. I just need prayer this morning. I just want you to pray for me. 
Would you just lift your hand? I just want to pray. Anybody that would say, I'm feeling out of sync with God's purpose. There's several. Anybody else? There's several. Father, you see hands. You see hearts, more importantly. I pray in Jesus' name. You would help bring us into sync, Lord, with what you're doing for the season, what you're saying for the season. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray with all of us. And if you're not born again, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's the way you get in sync first. Because scripture says when you're born again, he forgives your past and he gives you a new spirit and a new set of discerning ears, spiritual ears to understand. He puts his spirit inside of you so you can understand his will. You can understand his word. And apart from being born again, you won't get it. Apart from being born again, you won't understand this whole spiritual thing, how his kingdom works. So church family, could we pray together? And if somebody's here that's never prayed this prayer or sincerely invited Jesus into your life, we're going to do it together. If you're sincere and you ask him, I promise you he'll come. I can't promise you tomorrow all your problems go away, but I can promise you power. I can promise you solutions and he'll start showing you things if you start to walk with him. Because he's got a trajectory for you. He's got a plan for you. So come on, church family, play this with me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned against you. I've lived out of sync with you. And I want your help. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I invite you into my life. Take your place in my life. Be my guide. Be my strength. Be my deliverer. Be my helper. I trust you in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen.